this is Melissa Hale Spencer, the editor of the Altamont Enterprise, here as always with co-publisher Marcello Yaya to look at this week's news, the first of a new month. And our lead story by Sean Mulcairin was Sean took a trip to the Albany County Jail with some other members of the media to hear about Congressman Tonko's proposal for extending Medicaid to include prisoners, and he took a side trip and talked to this man, Daryl White, who's been part of the recovery program the sheriff has started for addicts in jail, and it was a fascinating exchange, and we hope you will read about it. Atro Schneider covered the State of the County Address and talked afterwards to County Executive Daniel McCoy, who told her about his trip to Ohio this week. He's now back in Albany, but he was part of a group of across-the-country municipalities that are suing pharmaceutical companies in hopes of lessening the opioid crisis. Elizabeth had a follow-up story, Elizabeth Floyd Mayer. She wrote last week about a hit-and-run accident at this intersection leading to School Road, where Gilderland High School is. He was walking to school in the morning, a hit-and-run driver. And she delved into the history of this intersection and how the light worked and discovered people had trouble crossing the road. They've now resynced the light for a seven-second delay to allow people to enter the crosswalk so that vehicles will see them there and stop, and there's a large sign in place, yield to pedestrians. <clears throat> Our editorial this week, illustrated by Art from Carol Coogan, who sees the storm driving immigrants to the United States and Lady Liberty as fostering them with help from others. And I went to something called Refugee Day at the College of St. Rose and was just struck with the worth of many of the new arrivals in our country and what they have borne in the homelands they left behind and how we can help them to start a new life here and I urge that. We have a response from the President and Vice President of the Gilderland Central Employee Association Executive Board who were troubled with what they saw as insinuations in our story last week on that intersection we talked about a moment ago and wanted to point out that one of the school bus drivers is the person who was able to get the license plate of the hit-and-run driver and get help called for the student right away. Linda Delfs has written us responding to a letter writer last week and she's extolling some of the virtues of single-payer health insurance. We have a plea for funds from the Hanaqua Cemetery the Caregiver's Corner this week is written by Michael Burgess, who is exploring ways that technology can help elderly people, their families, and caregivers. We have a touching letter from the Linen Dolls, who took their grandson, who's growing a beard now at age 16, to the local master barber, who helped him with some techniques in this rite of passage. The Old Men of the Mountain 
John R. Williams dealt with winter blahs and um, found some humor along the way. Here's our state of the county coverage from Rose, where she looked at some of the national issues that um, were addressed, particularly with the opioid crisis and the foster care dilemma that has caused, as well as sharing services and others' ongoing issues. This is the man, Francis Ngabo, who so impressed me. He's a refugee from Rwanda. He was in the midst of the Civil War there. His mother was a Tutsi, his father a Hutu. They were both slain. And he has kept a very positive spirit and now is a co-founder of this organization called RISE, which helps refugees learn English and just navigate the new culture they find themselves in. He was also part of a panel that include another refugee, this one from Iraq, who feared for his own life in that country. Rose has written a story about the first ever town seal for Knox, which is gearing up for its sesquicentennial, and it honors its history with the pillbox factory, the anti-rent wars, and the farming background. Basilios Lefkadidis talked about his management style with Rose this week, which he describes as result-oriented and hands-on. More follow-up on the testimony at the federal court case in Ohio on the opioids. Sean has written about um, the Quiet Zone, which we've covered for years, a citizens group trying to get a kind of gate up that would keep trains from blowing their horns so many times and so loudly in Voorheesville, and he found some interesting turns in the funding for that, where Amador's office is assuming much more of that $400,000 project than originally. Elizabeth has written about yet another senior apartment complex proposed for Gilderland. This one is in Westmere near the elementary school, and the owners of it, the Ritanos, plan to live right nearby, and Deborah Ritano plans to oversee the activities there. A drug bust in Gilderland on the highway that goes through I-87 led to this eight years in prison for Shamel Green, Arrests throughout our area from the sheriffs and Gilderland police. More on Tonko's bill, and here he discusses it with Sheriff Craig Apple. More on that intersection in Gilderland. The libraries, as always, have lots going on. The Rusticator will sing and perform at the Altamont Library. <laughs> there are teddy bears for sale in the Gilderland Library, part of a fundraiser. And in Bern... The kids were studying Mother Goose, which apparently isn't known to every child these days. And here they were learning about Jack, be nimble, Jack, be quick, Jack, jump over the candlestick. Froggy dropped into the Bethlehem Library and on February 3rd is going to return for Take Your Child to the Library Day. There's yet another new restaurant that is going to open in Knox. We wrote last week about one in the Hamlet. This one's on the very edge of the town. It's the old Fox and Kill Tavern. It will be keeping its name and will feature food, drinks, and live music. Mr. Sim, who works at Albany Medical Center, was honored as the Employee of the Year. He lives in New Scotland, and you can read about him. Elizabeth wrote about a new way to 
um, speech therapists from the Gilderland schools have worked together to create something called Speedy Speech to help children with mild impediments quickly learn to conquer them. Lots of classified ads this week and many calendar events. Sad news on our obituary page. Gert Smith, who was known to generations, who had the pleasure of eating at the now-closed Smitty's Tavern. She died, and many of her employees remembered her as like a mother, and she, in turn, considered them her family. Dorothy Ann Hostash spent 45 years working as a nurse. She loved the country and the Rensselaerville farm where she had grown up and returned there in her old age. A wonderful lifetime story of romance from Andrea Hampston. This is her in seventh grade with the boy a year older that became her husband. And her son said he, she stalked him through middle school. And she became a librarian and is well known to Voorheesville children where she was the school librarian there. George Winters, who was described by his wife of a jack-of-all-trades, and rather than the rest of the phrase, mastered none, he mastered many, many different skills. After we get through our legal notices, we turn to senior news, lots going on. And another activity coming up is the Winterfest. This is an earlier picture, and it includes... Burn and Knox, it's in the Knoxtown Park with a chili contest and lots going on. Special congratulations to Tom Galvin, the longtime Burn Knox Westerdale girls basketball coach who reached his 350th victory. And here is a team that could use a victory. The Voorheesville team, despite some heroic efforts, went down to defeat. And on the back of the page are, is a victorious, undefeated for three, 31 matches. That means all of last year and 10 matches this year, the Voorheesville volleyball team. We send them our congratulations and wish you a good week.